Welcome to the It's Possible podcast, where we tackle topics between life, business, and everything in between, and how we make it all possible with your hosts, John and Amy. Let's take it away. All right, so in today's episode, Amy and I definitely go down a pretty large rabbit hole of of talking about homeschooling and talking about the system as a whole of what we are seeing out of our boys and then what we are planning to do next over the next um, several months and what we're anticipating. We riff a ton on the educational system, how parents are capable of feeling empowered to teach their uh, to teach their kids and be able to work with their kids all the time at home and uh, what I believe and Amy believes to be um, the future of education moving forward and how it can be a very exciting place for our kids. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Mrs. Fairbanks. Hello. So I, I feel good that we're getting two episodes in a row. Yeah, we've had. We're still. I'm not doing well. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about it. It's just, it's been. All the things. The beginning of the year, you just, you know, you start slow, but like we got, as we said before, like we got the money for the kitchen, went and met the kitchen people. Yeah. And we're doing the bathrooms at the same time. Bathroom actually has been very good. We did, we, so we went through Bath Fitter and I will recommend them like all day long. To everybody and their mom. Yes. Because we have an old bathroom from the early 70s that was in immaculate condition yep. essentially but just is like the olive green literally had like the flower power child things on the tub and when we were ready to remodel the choices kind of are well you can rip this all out yeah which is a we've done it before and it is so much more intensive specifically than you could ever, the tub yeah than you ever imagine is like or you can essentially cover it so bath fitter came in and, and did it all in one day and it looks brand new. Yeah, what it is is it's a glove. So it's a glove that they put over. So they come in, measure, and then they put like this solid one piece thing over the tub and shower combo. Which I thought I'm like, oh, but that's gonna look cheap. It's gonna look like crap. Like it does not. Yeah, it came out really. And good. they do the plumbing. They give you new like fixtures. It's guaranteed for life. It's the tits. Yeah. Um. So they're coming to do our other bathroom, but we spaced it out. Just to allow funds to replenish. But the kitchen has... I, I think kitchen remodels are a headache anyway. Yeah. But again, just during supply shortages and all... It's just been... It's exhausting. Because at this point, we're, we're calling every single day... To Ikea. To Ikea. And 99% of the time, it is... No, we're sorry. We don't have anything in stock. Um... And if you do have something in stock, then, you know, you have to wait for the delivery you have to pay. Like, it's it's just it's, – it's exhausting because my kitchen is halfway done. It's usable, but I am – I have to finish things. Yeah, and the reality is is that we got in the loan. So, the feeling that we had was that, oh, well, we finally have some money. Let's to never pay, do anything. To not have to do it. Yeah, to not have to physically do the thing, which we did – we were able to do um, – to a degree, right? We had somebody come in and help us do our drywall that was an expert at drywall. Somebody come in and help us do electrician, electrical work. Mm -hmm. We did demo work. 
Right, we did that piece, which is, with like, which is kind of fun. Doctor Harlow, yeah. So it's yeah. it's at the end of the day, those things were not so bad, but our big plan was like the actual doing of building. Maybe if we were going to build the IKEA cabinets, we were going to have somebody come and help us build them, or do this and do that and do this. Build them and like install them because yeah. IKEA does these things. Like IKEA, IKEA is the tits as well. If yeah. you live near IKEA, which we always have before. It's fantastic because their shit is affordable. Like, and everyone's like, oh, but it's like a Kia quality. No. Like, these cabinets, first of all. Well, yes, it's IKEA quality, which is, I'm not sure why that's negative. People have associated, and I think maybe perhaps back in the day it was more that. Yeah. That it's just cheap shit. But it's not. It's, it's really not. Yeah. It's but, not cheap, as in, like, it's expensive oh it's a, you know oh, what i'm saying it's and ex- it's and it's quality i'm not i'm not saying i'm saying both like yeah. it doesn't compute it's like um my family's opinions on kia so kia mm-hmm. the car company right mm-hmm. back in the day was a total piece of shit mm-hmm. but nobody has updated in my family nobody's updated like their opinion, opinion. since they were purchased by what well, like whatever it was hyundai yeah and now it's like you know one of the top car companies on the planet at the moment and it's no 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 like they're they're shitty it's like oh okay and that must it has to be what ikea has mm-hmm. but it, it's not like the cabinets they're all made in the usa in this factory in ohio yep and they're heavy bastards man yeah um but anyway so we're doing the kitchen we're not done it's exhausting but the, the issue is that i was getting to was that so our plan of having somebody come and help us do all the things I realized if you want to pay somebody, there's a great app called Thumbtack. So you can go look look it up yeah. called Thumbtack. You can find um, essentially skilled laborers, laborers that are tied to the app that they can come in and you can make an agreement with them. They'll come and do work. Uh, that's how we found the dude that uh, did our deck to resurface our deck and sand some stuff down. And I realized early on when I was messaging folks about that, it's like the work has to be worth their time. To yeah. come out. And that's when we realized really quickly, we're like, well, shit. Like, if we're only getting one cabinet at a time or, like, three drawers at a time, it's completely and totally unreasonable to hire somebody to come in, even if it's just basic hourly, to come help you build X, Y, or Z. Like, we would have had to have stocked all of the things that we were getting and then paid somebody to come and do it all at once. And that's what's crazy is, it's, again, the advice that people give you of, A, like, do you build your dream and do – it's like, ugh, you're adorable because that's not even sort of possible. Right. But also, it's when you're sitting with the cabinet guys, like, you know, because we are having supply shortages, like, we just – we recommend, like, don't take your kitchen apart until, like, you know, you're ready. And it's like, oh, that's adorable too because quickly as you realize where it's just – you know, when we, we did the demo and we took out the the main upper cabinets, there's giant holes in the ceiling. Yeah. And they need to be re-drywalled. But be, because – and like, but they need to be left open because the electrician needs to access the thing. So you have to have the electrician come out and then you have to remove the other shit so that the electrician can come and get to the things. And then you have more holes. And then you have to have the drywall guy come. And for the drywall guy to come, you have to rip out the rest of the cabinet so he can fix along that while he comes. Because, yeah. again, they only come for a certain amount of work. And it's yeah. just like – that's what's so laughable 
is it makes sense logically in your head of like, okay, well then let's just wait till we get all the cabinets before we touch the kitchen. Like we'll just let them pile up in the, in the garage. No, it doesn't work that way. No, but, you'd have to have a whole like separate facility for storage of like storing all the things. And, and again, it just, it doesn't work that way because everything is a domino effect Yeah, and it kind of ties together. So anyway, the kitchen is exhausting. We've been insanely busy. Um, the boys have been in baseball. They've kind of struggled this season. I don't want to get into that too much because that'll take the entire time. It's like but game two. So like we got time. No, I know yeah. that. But like there's been for sure just some yeah. like some frustrating struggles because it's not like, you know, the boys finished fall ball and then they haven't picked up a bat in six months. Yeah. Like we got coaches. We worked. And I don't even care about the money spent. Like the money was spent well. Oh, yeah. And the coaches were fantastic. But it's like – when you do these things and you see them working and you see them getting better, <clears throat> you kind of, and perhaps falsely expect that to translate over into the season. And right now they're big bubbling balls of dough. Well, but- the biggest, the biggest thing that it is helping me with is that it's, there's a mental side of baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, though you're it's starting to appreciate yeah, it a lot more but for yeah. sure. Like it's like, well, yeah, no shit, but it's, there's such a mental side, and that's right now one of those things that they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Both of them is the mental side of this thing, and <clears throat> it's just a really good exercise of how you handle, like when somebody's struggling yeah. mentally, especially in an athletic. It's easier, mm-hmm. like you know, <clears throat> for you athletically. Yeah, athletically, and I think it's like the stakes are not as high, right? Like if you're struggling mentally, you're gonna kill yourself, like. Having a bad baseball game. Yeah. It's not quite on the same perspective. Spectrum. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But that's where it is the struggle and really comes back to a lot. Of, again, I don't want to hijack because I know the direction you want to go for the episode, but it is, it's, it ties so um, <clears throat> intricately with the things that we've talked about of the idea where like the boys, boys are struggling. Like our boys are struggling with being boys and homeschooling and being in like all these pieces where we're starting. Those are mental pieces. Yeah. And certainly with Jack, our middle son, it is starting to identify the mental pieces where that struggle has now is starting to cause him to unravel. Again, it's isolated to baseball, but that's, that's so much of the piece where it's like, it's, Oh man, so this is what we have to work on. So it almost is mental toughness was something that was like, I haven't seen what it looks like to cold press olive oil, but that word cold press, Mm -hmm. I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds like it would be awful if you as a human were cold pressed, right? Okay. I don't know what it looks like. All I imagine is like two big pistons that are really wide and it just squishes you to death into mm-hmm. a goo. That was how mental toughness was administered to me at college. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it. Oh, my gosh. I think that was three years ago. We did like a, a glimpse into mat drills and a glimpse into the mental toughness side mm-hmm. of what they did. And that is a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what they would do in the military. I was going to say, yeah, it's very right. militaristic to a degree of, right. of the idea that it's we are literally going to break you right? so that every preconceived notion of what you think this is supposed to be gets out of your head. And so, so it, it becomes a very life or death type situation. And so it is – it's hard because 
um, <laughs> because I know how to solve the mental toughness issue. And yes. our boys, let me finish. Okay. Let me finish the whole thought because I you there's lots of times you absolutely could interrupt on this. I know how to be able to solve the mental toughness issue, which is oh well, I know how it was solved for me, right? So that's, but then I have to immediately go back to where it's, he's 11, right? He's nine, right? He's five. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you just don't be such a pussy and we can fix this. Mm -hmm. And there was a great quote. We're watching um, Ozarks, the first part that came out a while ago. And um, the head, it's about a... um, you don't need to explain the story. Just tell the person. The head bad guy. Yeah. Right? Who's in charge of, like, the Mexican cartel. Mm-hmm. He is talking to the priest in a confession. And mm-hmm. he goes, um, my, talking about, like, oh, I was I was short-tempered, right, with my oldest son, who's a little, you know, is a little boy, probably like 11. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he goes, and the, he said- the father goes, the, the the priest says, well, just go and apologize to him. You know what I mean? And, and, and it'll be okay. Like, he'll forgive you. He loves you. And he goes, but my, but my fear, him, my anger makes him, him stronger. stronger. And the priest goes, but it also robs him of his childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, that's a really good quote. Because mm-hmm. the idea is that's so much of it. Is why don't you just be a fucking man? It's like, because he's 11. Because yeah. he's, he's the little kid. Like, he'll have to be a man. His whole goddamn life. Mm-hmm. Now, and so it's very much tied to so many of those things. But it's then if you have to do it incrementally, like the frog in the slowly boiling water on the positive side of things, right? If toughness and um, strength and individualism and f- freedom, all those pieces that you would want to slowly infuse kind of through osmosis into your kids without kind of just beating them to death with it, you would have to then you have, we have to take steps to then put our kids in situations where they have the opportunity for those, um, what we deem as positive character traits to slowly kind of seep in who our kids spend time with. What does a man look like? Mm -hmm. The fact is, is I, and so what do they think of when they see a man or they see a dad, what does that look like? So it's like, it's just, you're kind of trying to almost like under the radar. Well, you manipulate yeah. their experience. It's a little, I always think of Truman show. Yes. Of what we're trying to do with the kids. And right now where our kids go to school, there are amazing people that have caused the whole system to get so outrageously out of control that that's the first thing on our radar of like, okay, enough's enough because their, their version of the Truman show is not the version of ours. Well, and it, it is, you know, and you had touched on it is the idea of, of kind of what it means to be a boy. And there's a lot of chit chat about this now it's getting politicized a little bit. Of course. Um, and of course there's always extremes of that version. Um, I've definitely not been a Republican. Right. Um, right. A, where I was born and raised, but B, my experiences. I've I always – the way I've explained it, I'm like, eh, well, I'm more you know, fiscally conservative, socially liberal. Yeah, that's called a libertarian. Yeah, kind of to a degree. I'm becoming much more libertarian, which for me was always an absolutely not. 
Um, but as I'm evolving and the way th- things are going is I'm, I'm kind of falling into that category a little bit more just because of the fact that it's, you know, when you have kind of the, the, the further right wing people coming up and now doubling down on like the crazy, the, the, well, they're doubling down on the crazy, but like they're doubling down on like, no, if you have men in, in the one, the wheelchair kid, bless his heart. The young, oh. he's adorable. He's so he's so precious. Yes, um, he's like twenty two, just yeah, a frat in a, boy in a wheelchair, right? But um, he had stolen essentially his his little speech from Jordan Peterson. But it's the idea of like if you have a boy, like let him be a monster, right? And those are trigger words, and of course he's doing that intentionally because it's politicized. Well, he's and, talking to a bunch of moms at a church, too. right? Right. Yes, right. but it's like this toxic masculinity thing because it's like if you let your son be a monster for the far left, they're going to be like, "Excuse me, right. like you just saying that is toxic masculinity." <laughs> you want him to be a rapist? Yeah, and that's not. And of course, like there's a, a line, but it's just as that's like c- continues to double down on those stances. I'm kind of also doubling down on the fact that it's like, yes, like, I I agree. That seems like a crazy component. And again, the way that they're doing it, it's all an act, right? It's being politicized. It's being shaped and molded into a way that makes them sound specific to – for the, the far left to just go nuts on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's doing – they're doing it on purpose. Right. But it's having sense – I'm sorry, but I believe with – in those sentiments and it's i'm doubling down on the fact that it's it's no i just don't believe anymore that the way society is shaping boys is the right thing yeah and again and 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 i've named teachers by name before in our last episode and i will happily do it again about how there are wonderful wonderful teachers and people in our communities and schools. Mm-hmm. I love and he's now our assistant superintendent, Ryan Barber. He's fantastic. His yeah. he, he is willing to sit down with regular people like cuz we we had e- we've emailed the superintendent and now him and mm-hmm. we've gotten very kind responses from both of them. Yeah, they're willing to work. But they're willing to work with you. They care about the community. Like they they are willing to play ball. And I appreciate that so much being in a uh, community and in the public system where they could just more or less – like you, you're from the private sector. Yeah. And for sure there were parents that it's like because I'm paying you, you work for me. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. – uh, but for sure there is an element of that because if it's like, well, I'm pulling my kid, right? Then you don't get the money. In public school, it's the more kids that are get pulled, it's less funding, it's all the things. So it's, it works a little bit that way. But for sure, public school has the ability to just be like, no, we are free, state mandated school, and that you are districted for. So if you don't like it, you can leave. Like it's you, you get the ability to be more black and white, and they are not. They are willing to play ball. There have been some fantastic teachers. Like I said, I don't have any qualms at all about um the school or the people it's just the system and it's just because those environments are predominantly run by women that for me having sons i'm stepping back now mm-hmm. as i'm learning because i don't because it drives me nuts the boys are are savage wild animals 
And that's that's and and I actually have docile ones, right? But it's that's what these boys are, and it just doesn't make logical sense that it's let's take a wild animal like we're talking right now, and there have been heavy footprints just trot 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 all upstairs the entire time. The noise hasn't stopped, correct? Because that's what boys do. They're just all over the place all the time, and they're physical and they're tactile. And the society that we have created, which is just, no, you can't, especially with COVID, like COVID exacerbated it. And that's what fed Jack's anxiety is because he's always gotten in trouble for like touching other people and being tactile. And I've said this before, is every, every damn game that he tries to play on the playground gets canceled. <laughs> no, you can't play ninjas. You can't play Power Rangers. You can't play Ninja Turtles. You can't play superheroes. Because all of them involve some element of pretend fighting and movement with your body and like beating the other guy and heaven forbid weapons, right? Right. It's so for for a public school, it's oh no, no, these are all no no's. But now with COVID, it's not only can you not do that, and you at least he had the element to play with his friends. And I was like, now you have to be away from your friends. You have to be six feet apart from your friends and you can't touch each other. You have to sanitize everything and don't touch and don't look and don't, 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 don't. And it's just, it's a piece that we're not going to be able to fully appreciate, which is what does it look like on a child? Well, I can. To be fear. To have that much fear. Yeah. That's injected into them well, for two years. It's starting. We're at like the very, very beginning of the journey on what this looks like and we're already seeing like oh shit that's why all teachers are like um we got problems guys we we can we already know we got problems and meanwhile the government and meanwhile mainstream government republicans and democrats just want to fight over whether you can say gay Mm mm-hmm or whether or not you can teach about black people. Well, we love to sweep our actual issues under the because rug. Because that's, that's to it. Deter- right. We don't want to look at the problem. Right. We want to focus all of our attention way the fuck over here. Well, and it's a little bit – it's like the keeping up with the Joneses is, is how it makes sense in my brain. We're like 1950s America, which is just – we are the best and we always have to have – we are the Jones family. We are the best. We have to always have the perception that we are the best and have the nicest things and we're the, the best, 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 best. Well, that's been shoved down America's Americans' throat forever. But I and like it's, the Joneses. Can we say it's like the Bartholomews? The reason I said the Joneses – we there are two members <laughs> like, of the Jones family like, that like, we love. I like multiple Jones people. Yes, very dearly. <laughs> but the reason I said the Joneses is because it's keeping up with the Joneses, right? But it's – um. The it's this persona that it's we always have to look our best because we are the best in any actual problems. It doesn't matter that like daddy's hitting mommy secretly behind doors. Like we keep that. We shove that under the rug. Very deep down. Yes. And we just we have everything's wonderful all the time and we're just the best. And that's this pill will make you feel better. But that's what Americans. That's what America does. For sure. Is we got so many problems here, but we have to put on this persona that it's we are the world power, baby. We are the number one. And we're going to fight for our place in number one and we're going to show Putin and we're going to show China and we're going to show these people. And it's that's that's what we do. But um, yes, kids struggling greatly. But it's it's just for me having sons, I'm recognizing that it's starting to become crazy for me to send my children to a system 
that is going to completely demasculate them. And I know that that sounds like an extremist view because any person that's listening to this, the, the four of you, right? If you are a man, you could eye roll at that because it's probably like, oh, I went to public school. Like it, school sucks, but like we all get through it. You cannot. You absolutely, 100 fucking percent cannot argue against that. You can say it's not as bad as you say it is, yeah. but you can't argue that school doesn't demasculate boys and that yeah. school doesn't put girls into a box as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and the fact is, is that it's, it's, they teach you how to be a good member of society. Right. And for, and f- so, I don't want that. Well, that's where it's, it's, there's a fine line. Right. It's, it's so strange for me, the evolution of becoming a mom, um, and it's why, like, our friends are, are now pregnant and it's like, we need to send them. Because they're like, oh, we keep waiting for, like, you could come out with the parenting book, right? And it's like, it's, it's you know, it's blank is the joke, right? Right, right. But it's, that's what we wanted to send them because it's you literally write your story as, as it's happening in real time. And for me, when I have the kids, it's just, I want them to be normal. Because for me, I always felt like a black sheep. I was... A giant ogre, mm-hmm. a fat kid. I, I I was perceived as this teacher's pet. I, I did really well in school. I was always more mature for my age. I never, ever, 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 ever fit in. Yeah. All I want for my boys, wanted for my boys, was for just a normal childhood. You know, I grew up on 10 acres of land in the woods. And all I ever wanted was like, can we just please live in a cul-de-sac where I can ride my bike and like there's friends and they play and that's and so for our first house, it's I was adamant about that of like no, I don't want to live in the woods, right? I want to live in a neighborhood where my sons can have the freedom to like have friends. And now it's it's completely evolved where I'm like no, please send me back to the woods. It's much better in the woods. So it's it's interesting because of what your lived experience is that I very much is that would subject onto my kids. Oh, we're all <clears throat> guilty of it. The, the, it's the idea. Um, a great, really good teacher that I had in. Um, when I was getting my one of my degrees, <laughs> one of them, mm. um, and for life me, I can't remember her name, but she was amazing, mm-hmm. she, and this was specifically with education, and she did in a whole unit because we were all um, social study teachers that were getting our masters, mm-hmm. and she taught a whole thing about bias, of teaching history and bias, and it was it was excellent, it was so good. I used her stuff for years, and um. Her biggest thing was the fact that it's you cannot remove bias. Yeah. Period. So those of us that feel like, oh, well, I'm going to teach the kids both sides and I'm not going to influence or whatever. It's just like it's impossible. Mm -hmm. You will always have bias. So it's stop apologizing for having bias and either lead with it. Or make it abundantly clear where you go above and beyond allowing kids to be able to have multiple sources, whatever, that they're going to go try and find things. And that same thing is when you parent, you're going to have bias. Yeah. It's either you do it because your parents did it or you don't do it because your parents did it. And it's funny hearing you say the idea where it's like, I just wanted them to be normal. And like, I cannot express to you how opposite that emotion is for me and i and i have come to that point right which is just why why do i want them to be normal normal is literally terrible it's the fucking worst it (laughs) is terrible and 
That's how I look at it. I for sure am that way. It's like, no, man, let your, we've said it before, let your freak flag fly. Right. And, and we are starting and not starting. I'm starting to put these pieces together as, as I'm going, but we've taken now a firm stance, which is just, no, I'm happy. I have sons. Mm -hmm. They are wild, savage beasts. Right. And I don't want to change that. You know, it's, it's, I've said this to my friends before, which is just like, I'm so sick of apologizing for having boys. Mm -hmm. Cause all the answers is like, oh, they're boys. Boys will be boys. And again, it's like, what does that mean? What that means is your freaking kids are crazy Mm -hmm. and they're outlandish and they don't behave well is what that means. So as a mother, I'm mortified because it's just the other day it's, they get off the bus and Henry's five. First of all, he, you say like always oh, in my brain, it's like, oh, he's going to be a lawyer, right? Because he argues. He digs in deep and he doesn't give a shit what you're going to do about it. He will have the last word. But and he's not afraid to tell on himself. So like they get off the bus and like they explain to me essentially that and like the full story comes out that they both Henry punched a kid in the face and then apparently, like, Jack smacked a kid in the face. The same kid. And it's like, why? And for Henry, it's such a visceral thing. Because, you know, we're going through it. Like, th- my kids did the wrong thing, right? Because it's like, you can't put your hands on other people. I understand the sentiment. For sure. But And we're like, Henry, you have to apologize. And he was adamant. Like, I sp- whether you spank him, you take his shit away, you do whatever. And he just, he didn't care. It was just, no, I will not apologize to this kid. In fact. He should apologize uh, to me. Yes. That's what he said. And he and he articulates these things. Yeah. He goes, he should have been nicer to me. Yes. And then he would have gotten hit in the mouth, Dad. And that's what it is for him of just it is a it is in an innate thing for him, which is just if you don't and it's like the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing, where for Will Smith, the people that side with him, it's like, well, Chris Rock shouldn't have run his damn mouth and he wouldn't have gotten slapped. And it's like, oh, okay. Like okay. there's there are lines, right, that get blurred. But for Henry, that's very much the camp that he's in of just yeah. this kid was kind of being a dick yeah. and needed to be put in his place. And I will happily oblige and yeah. do that for him. He goes, but mom, he's six. Yeah. He's six, mom. Like it's because he's older. He's yeah. older than me, mom. Yeah, so it's okay. But see, in Henry's world, that is a very lived thing, which is just he gets the shit kicked out of him all the time by his big brothers. Yeah. But he – and so for him, it's just like, well, I can be aggressive towards them because they're bigger and older and it's okay. He has never had anyone younger and smaller that he has to be careful around. He always is with bigger people and bigger kids. But anyway, it's – I don't want to beat that out of him. For, for for my parenting to this point, I'm just mortified because for sure we've had this happen too, where it's Jack is literally playing with a kid on the bus. Yeah. They're handsy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Jack got too aggressive or whatever it is. Again, not purposefully, not like maliciously, just playing and the kid couldn't handle the play. So he gets off the bus and he cries. Uh-huh. And mom overreacts. So mom calls the principal. Yep. Because her son has been assaulted. Correct. And then we get a call. You are literally explaining. Society. No. The first five grades 
of school for me. Oh, well, yeah. That experience, that is, the in, that is the epitome of my lived experience. Yeah. But it's, I'm so mortified as a mom. Right. Because it's like, oh, like my kid misbehaved. Right. And my kid is the embarrassment because sure. he did wrong. We love to point fingers, especially with moms. Because it's like, well, my kid didn't do anything. Heaven forbid my kid does something. Because I already feel like a failure as a mom. And if my kid did something, then it justifies the failure that I feel in my brain and we go over and over and over again. So it's that kid. It's that kid. It's that kid. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't handle the fact that I did anything wrong. And the fact is every mom is guilty of that exact spiral. Yes, yes, yes. yes. But anyway, so it's – I have had multiple lived experiences specifically with Jack where it's just I'm getting phone calls and I'm mortified. And so my perspective has always been – Jack, we have to change the behavior. Like, you can't do these things. You can't do these things. You need to, quote, unquote, behave. And now that I am have the third one and I'm stepping back, for sure, you and I's sentiment has been like, we can't let happen to Henry what has happened to Jack. Because Jack is breaking my damn heart. Right. And so that's why it's weird. We have to remove them from the environment. Going back to the Truman Show thing of trying to, as best you can, manipulate the environment because the hardest thing about being a parent especially for someone like me that is type a in control or so i like to think right and like have to i'm five steps ahead always i'm always planning for okay if we go down this road this will happen if we go down this road this will happen and i have safety nets for all of those things correct the hardest thing about being a parent is the fact that i cannot fix things for my kids so when they're struggling with baseball, when they have these mental breakdowns, all my all I want to do is like, okay, we need to get you in this. We need to do this. We need to do this. We need to do this. Do this. And it's like I can't do things for them. They, they have to it. have experiences and they have to be shitty because they have to have learning moments and there's not a damn thing I can do to shield them from it. But it's – I'm trying to provide them until they leave, right? Mm-hmm. It's the Truman Show mentality of trying to, I'm going to say artificially, like manipulate, but that's not the right word, their environment to allow them to see different perspectives, like you said, of what it means to be a dad. Right. So let's surround them with people that we think are good dads and this is what this looks like. Right. Um, But we are now at the point where it's the environment that they were in with school it's is, too much time. It's too much time away. And it's counterintuitive to what we want that mach- experience to be molded and shaped to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I again, I never would have thought I would have been in this boat, but this is where we are. This is where we are. So for sure, we are now mid-April. So our sons, the two oldest, are getting ready to take their state tests within the next couple of weeks. Right. Which is a shit show. Um. But for Jack specifically, he needs to pass that test and show proof of passing in order to get into the next place that we hope to send him. Mm-hmm. But again, being me being me is we have backup plans in the event that that doesn't work. But after, you know, once May closes, it will be a vast transition for us. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure that out in real time. Because um, the first time I did it, I was filled with nothing but optimism of like, this is going to be awesome. Yep. Because I'm delving into this world of homeschooling, like what it could look like, and we can do this and we can do this. Because you loved school. 
I loved school. I love school. Yeah. I will happily be a student for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I love it. But I was naively optimistic last time. Yeah. This time I have been fearful and I have perhaps have waited too long to pull Jack. I probably should have done it earlier, but it's been based what upon. What are you talking about? He, well, last Co- year. COVID. COVID for sure. But when he got really comfortable in that environment and sure. seemed to do really well, instead of being like, oh God, is he ever going to be able to like converse with another human again? Yeah. I should have looked at that more objectively and thought, okay, well, why is he doing so well here? Yeah. Like, because in first grade, right before COVID hit, like literally the day mm-hmm. that they shut down when we had the meeting with his teacher, we're like, something like he's getting really bored. He hates this. Should we skip a grade? Like it started then. But I should have looked at that more objectively and said, why? Why is he doing so well here? Yeah. As opposed to just being scared about what it would mean for him in terms of so- social implications. Again, because it's this desire to just, Jack, I need you to be normal. I know you're not normal. I know you're a weird kid. But you being so comfortable here, I'm terrified that you're going to be a hermit and live in my basement for the rest of my rest of your life. Right, right. So Yeah, be the cat lady. Yes. To, please de- to play devil's advocate. All of your complaints and everything that causes you anxiety as a parent, it where your kids are hitting kids at school and they are doing these things, it seems like you're getting exactly what you want, which is your kids are monsters. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If that's what you want, then this is what you get. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, it's like, well, yeah, no shit. What did you think was going to happen? It it is. It is. It's... But it's confusing and it's very conflicting mm-hmm. because, again, we live in this society where the behaviors that my children are engaging on are demonized. And it's so funny because you listen, you know, my dad, right, um, of their generation where it's like, well, yeah, that kid probably freaking deserved it. And the kid probably did deserve to get hit. The difference is, is we live in a world now where there are parental implications of what that means. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then, for my dad, it's very cut and dry. If you had beef with a kid, mm-hmm. you just – you handled that shit. Behind you. And it would, it would be it, – it's having chickens, it's a little bit the rooster thing. If yeah. you have two roosters, they will fight to determine the alpha and then it's done. Yes. Period. One kid gets the shit kicked out of him and then he knows his place. Right. And whether you argue like, well, yeah, but that poor kid. But it's just like there are learning lessons that exist in that. But the reason that those things happen is not because we are as barbaric of a society as we think we are. Mm-hmm. It's that those are primal things that exist in nature, period, amongst all animal species and have been since the beginning of time. Right. And the fact that we think that we are above this mentality is counterintuitive and is causing damage, in my opinion. Correct. Because of the fact – I'm not saying that boys should beat the shit out of the little kids. Right. And like – and bully and like all those things are detrimental. But it exists. There is – I'm a little crazy, right? But like there is chicken bullying. That's why it's like hen pecking, that phrase. Yeah. In the pecking order of things – is the chickens on the lower end of the totem pole get picked on in a literal sense. They yeah. get bullied, right? Yeah, get pecked. And I will go and I will have talks with my chickens. Uh-huh. And I pick them up 
Yep. And I get mad at them, but it's – and again, I know what I'm doing, well, right? what's your job? But, but this is a great analogy, right? My job is just to make sure the big ones don't kill the little that's ones. That's it. Yep. Your job is to keep the younger one or to keep the one that's lower on the totem pole from dying. But that's why, like, mili- from a militaristic standpoint, the same thing exists. Of, like, you have to fall in line and you have to know your place – and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's for the survival of the flock, survival of the tribe, whatever it is, to a degree. I'm not advocating for bullying. No, no, no. But it is a piece where it's you have to come in and be able to assist and protect. Right. And it's- to, to a degree. But see, for me, is that I have a very, very strong inclination to take care of those who cannot care for themselves. Yes. And that's not what I'm advocating for. No, no, no. Uh, let me finish. My point is, is that that still scratches that itch of an alpha. Mm-hmm. So an alpha and an alpha to where it's like if you're being a dick and you're being cruel to someone that is less than, mm-hmm. that doesn't have the ability or the means to protect themselves, that situation does allow someone to rise up and be able to protect those people as well. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is that now the kid, do you know why Joe Rogan got involved in jujitsu? I do not. He got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. All the time. He had a kid that was being just a total ass and was a bully and would beat him up all the time. He was getting beaten up all the time. So he went and got into martial arts, which he then obsessed over and did all these amazing fucking things in the martial arts world Mm -hmm. that through that pressure, he made himself better. Mm -hmm. Now, it's awful if you don't have people. And this is where ultimately my devil's advocate question a minute ago goes, which is. It's our job to try and make sure that we're identifying the kids that need outlets, that need the outlet, because that's where you take the monster and say you can be a monster. But what it means is that you do not terrorize people in a building. You instead proactively go and you work in these areas and allow yourself to be able to build up. And I would argue because everyone's like, oh, you know, the bullying these days. But it's like that's existed forever. It's different now. But it's for me, it's why I always advocate, you know, when Michael or whoever comes home and like complains about a person, it's like they're the bad kid. It's like there are no bad kids in my brain, like hard stop. It's kids that do the bullying and do the terrorizing. It's a literal cry for help. Yeah. Because they don't have the proper outlets at home in order to deal with whatever they have going on. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's it's again like from from a primal perspective, is this pecking order that kind of exists is is purposeful a little bit for survival. Like if there is tribulation within the herd, the flock, right? Where like right. you're all fighting each other. It's like, well, no, you shouldn't pick on this person or, you know, whatever it is. And there's issue there. Your tribe then becomes susceptible because you got – like you need to the have a strong – Yeah, you need to have a strong mm-hmm. – where it's just I am the alpha and that doesn't just mean that you bow down to me. I understand and I accept the responsibility of being the alpha. Right. And that's – like going back to chickens, that's what roosters do. Right. They fight who's the alpha. The winner, it's not just a peacock. Hey, look at me. It's I am now 
I win and I take on the responsibility of protecting this flock. To die. To die for this flock. Right. I win. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody kind of agree. It's just okay. But the people, the lowest pecking order, right? It's the pressure that allows them to become better. Mm-hmm. And what we have done as a society is constantly lower our standards. Exactly. It's the the no child left behind in terms of education. That's how we've gotten kids that are sophomores in high school that can't read. It's just, well, we'll pass them along. We dumb down the standards. Right now, we're I'm doing and I, I ordered an SOL book for Jack to help him prep, which we've never cared. We've never done before. Right. We've given zero shits about the state test because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But because we're trying to get Jack to the next step, this year's SOLs matter. Right. But the book that we got and some of the, the quiz question stuff I've found, I found online are from like 10 years ago. Yeah. And granted, COVID uh, retarded the, the, the growing Progress. ability. Yes. Yeah. And I mean that word in the, in the literal definition of, of what it means. Yeah. Um, the progress. But it's the questions are just like, there's no way. There's no way any third grader right now knows this. Right. And that's way beyond COVID. It's because we have per- perpetually lowered the standards of what it means. Right. And and we, we do it in society as well. Is now the poor winkling. Yes, you shouldn't beat up on the weaker, helpless kids, right? Right. But they do need a little bit of pressure in order to progress and become better. It's the idea – we've talked about this before. We had we're strong for like moving your center. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to like – when it comes to fitness is that you have to be able to push. You have to have resistance. You have to have pain in order to perpetually move up the ladder, so to speak. And we are way, way, way too comfortable now with just – no, if you feel any ounce of discomfort. Yep. Let's remove that. that. And that's how we have a society where people can't handle – Damn near anything. Because the system is protecting itself. Yeah. And this is what it looks like when a system that is flawed and has problems only has itself as its primary interest. Education in school should be about the kids, Mm -hmm. about learning, about education. Mm -hmm. But any parent that ever even bothers to take a step back and look at it. And teachers too mm-hmm. are stepping back and are looking at it and have said for years and are fighting an uphill battle, which is this is not what's best for the student. Yeah, This is not what's best for our kids. And that's why the lowering of the standard is the direction they went in the guise of equality mm-hmm. and equity and making it more fair for the kids that don't have parents at home and don't have someone that reads to them when they're little. All real things. Mm-hmm. But instead of making the system better to help those kids – we have lowered the bar because the system does not allow us to protect and care for the lowest common denominator. Well, and that is why that's what's happened. And what it is is just you've you've administered a test to the class. <clears throat> Everybody in the test, everyone has failed the test. Mm-hmm. But instead of saying, holy crap, everyone has failed the test, we need to reevaluate and we need to teach this better so they can learn. It's just, no, we will, we will scale – the grades, so the people that got C's and D's now have A's and B's. Correct. Nothing has changed, mm-hmm. but you have 
guised it in a way that it's, look how wonderful these people are. And even the people that struggled really, really bad, they now have a C and a D. So right. they're okay. You, 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 it's all pretend. Yes. And that's what the. That's the problem. <clears throat> yes. Because real life isn't fucking pretend. No. So what you've done is you've dropped the lowest quiz grade mm -hmm. and you've dropped the lowest test grade mm -hmm. or you've done whatever is necessary, allowing the kids to be able to move along. To pass. Exactly. And what happens is they get out of that system and life's like, oh yeah, we don't drop any quiz grades out here. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. And that is the biggest issue. Well, and it, and it, gets, it goes back, which I'm not going to get into heavily, but the idea of the mastery and the TED Talk that we talked about, which yeah. is just if you're laying a foundation for a home and then you have inspectors that come in, it's like, well, actually, like there's problems here, problems here, problems here, but like we'll scale it and we'll just, we'll give you, we'll give you the pass. Just like wink, wink. Right. Right. And you move it along, move it along, move it along. Eventually the house crumbles right. and that's exactly what's happening. And we're done with it. Correct. Now, Michael has expressed an interest so far to stay. Yeah. He enjoys the camaraderie. And I will say the – because um, he just picked his electives. His – once you get to those upper grades and there's more freedom in what you learn, he still have, you know, your four basic core classes. But right. when you start having a little bit of autonomy in like what you learn mm – -hmm. The elective courses are fantastic. And I will say they're still there. I don't like it because, again, it doesn't change the fact that all the things that I was going through in my brain of like, Amy, do you need any more signs? Like there's still school shootings. Right. And they're still fighting and it's still public school. And he's still going to get passed along even though he may not understand X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, these are things that I struggle with in my head. Uh -huh. He has advocated that he does not want to be homeschooled. And – Because – not because of the education he's getting. No, it's it's the other. He's okay. We got interrupted again. Yeah, sorry. So I lost my track a little bit. Um, but with Michael, it's it's, it's not because of the education that he's getting. Yeah. The fact is, is that he's staying because he has a great band instructor. Because he enjoys – he wants to do the electives, which are hands-on electives. And really the reasons why, in my opinion, Michael stays, one, is that his brain is very similar to your brain. His brain is built off of the ability to memorize, regurgitate, and repeat. And that's a great skill to have that can help him do great things. That he can, and so that's why he's having success in that model and why Jack does not appear to be having that success in the model because of how they learn differently. Mm -hmm. But I would challenge the reasons why to keep Mike there is all the things that he loves about his school are all the things that honestly you and I have conversations about of what the future of education should look like. Yes, and – I was going to say, because for me, it goes back to the Harry Potter model as well. And watching the movies, it right. hit me hard as we were contemplating this of just, oh, Ginny Weasley doesn't get to go to school yet. She's supposed to be home with mom. Because again, it's about building the foundation. If you build a strong foundation for the kid when they're little of how to do the basics, 
reading, writing, math, science, like just the, the basic understanding of how to do regular things. And then when they're older, when they know how to read mm-hmm. and you are solid that they know how to read and they have a basic like sense of computing that you can send them to the higher level things. Because once you get to a certain age, it's now time for collaboration and it's time for fostering of friendships and, and, you know, interpersonal dialogue and being able to work in a group and all these components that it doesn't matter what subject you're teaching, it relates to everything. And Michael is now at that threshold where it is time for him to have those experiences. And that's why he's doing really well. Right. He, and it's, that's why he's so frustrated as well, where it's like, we still have to get in a freaking line when we leave the room now, because we have to walk this way and walk that way because of COVID. Like, and, and I'm hoping that those guidelines will ease. Right. But that autonomy that you get and being able to, you're no longer just a worker bee. You're no longer just an ant that has to fall in line. And you're student number four, right? Mm-hmm. It's that, no, I'm Michael. I have the ability to have individual thought and I can have contemplation and I can have a participatory sense of what my own thoughts are mm-hmm. in a group setting. Right. You know, where it's, it's, and he's starting to have this, where it's, which he likes, which is why he likes history. It's his history teacher. It's not just, this is what happened at this date and this is what happened this date. It's like, how do you feel about that? What do you think? Right. And those questions are not asked to the little kids, which is so stupid. Right. Because the, the goofiest things is the littlest kids are more than happy to tell you exactly how they feel about things. Right. But those, because it's just, no, 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 no. Like our job is, they have to stay in line. It's classroom management. It's behavior. We need to make sure because if we give them any ounce of autonomy, right, they will take it and run. Because could you imagine a classroom of 20 plus six-year-olds and seven-year-olds being allowed to just share be, thoughts freely all the time? It would be, be madness. Yes. And it's like, oh, so what you're telling me is that the system is not built to handle it done properly. Again, and it's like, oh, well, yeah, exactly. Again, yes. And right. so I'm not happy about keeping Michael in public, but yes, in terms of his electives is right. I cannot speak highly enough about, and I will call them by name again, Pete Eccles, the band director, mm-hmm. Flint Dollar, who is does the theater and choir and music, like the music program right. is outstanding. Yeah. Those dudes are good freaking human beings that are making differences, that are making the learning experience of what they're doing fantastic. Because education should be ran by people that are passionate and are experts in their field yes. and have an overwhelming desire to be able to share that with everyone. And that's what's so crazy is – yeah, if like if you're going to be a science teacher and, – and this is not – this is not like to cut anybody that's a traditional like math, science, whatever teacher. But it's like – I could be a science teacher because I've taken X amount of – if I wanted to go teach and get teaching certificates. Sure. Like I have master's degrees, right? But it's I've checked the boxes for X amount of science classes and – To be a certified teacher, that's, yes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But – and even though like I played the clarinet and I did it through high school and I have X amount of base knowledge of like how to play an instrument, I couldn't be a music teacher. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Like it, the, the music specifically or with art or anything that's very specific, the woodworking teacher, right? Right, right. It's they, they, they do that. 
That's sure. what they do. That's what they're passionate about. And it's what is being shared. And that's why the experience of it is different. Uh-huh. Michael happens to have a great science teacher. I love his science teacher. Right. Um, Imagine how much better. It's just it, that that's yeah. where that's what's so. It's like if he, if he was a biologist, if he was a geologist, and like oh. got to come back and be like, this is this is what I do, and this is why it's awesome. There are definitely elements of that, right? That would be that are awesome if that was the case. But it just is education. The future of education is not going to look like what it looks like now. It, it won't can't. even look. Well, yeah, and it's and that's where it's like the future of education is very much tied to people that are experts in their field being able to share that with their immediate communities, mm-hmm. and that's what would empower. Right, it empowers people to then be able to have the ability to take care of their families, be properly paid. Like it's, the teachers are being so restricted inside of a system mm-hmm. that there would be there would be a way to be able to allow just the the how much better could his teacher teach not in the system that he's in? It would. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's where it's like, okay, then how? Do you start to do that? What do you do next? Because what it can turn into is this, that everybody complains. Well, and I will say, I think that for sure COVID obviously has triggered a lot of parents. To, the homeschooling rate has grown exponentially. Right. But in my opinion, COVID aside, the homeschool rate is going to continue to grow exponentially yeah. as younger and younger generations become parents because mm-hmm. it's the mentality. And I can't tell you how many times I hear this from my dad's generation and beyond mm-hmm. is just – you know, well, they'll come into the office and they end up needing a root canal or they need whatever. And it's like, oh, well, we're going to ref- we're going to refer you to the periodontist. We're going to refer you to the endodontist. And they're just like, <sighs> like, it's a sigh. It's like back in my day, yeah. there was the dentist and he just took care of things. He came to your house and he pulled your tooth out. Well, yeah. And, and, yeah. and the reality is, is what they mean by that is like, we're so sick of like the cost of the specialization. Sure. Which I understand. But it's what they're saying is, oh, so... What you're saying is your dentist just had a base knowledge of like regular things mm-hmm. and for sure and, – and for me, because I work for general dentists who right. are great, but for me, it takes an element of humility to look at a diagnosis and A, be willing to give up the money right. that it would mean to do that root canal buildup and crown, but to say – I could well. It's like well, I could probably do this, but I'm not going to be the best at doing this. Right. And you deserve the best in care. Sure. And so I don't want to do. I don't want to agree to take on this case and have it be subpar, and then you have problems. Now, whether that's meant benevolently for the sake of the patient, mm-hmm. or selfishly, which is just I don't want you to come back and continue to have problems, and then you tell your friends that you've had problems, and then my reputation gets dwindled. Sure. Either way, it takes an element of humility of recognizing like, uh, I can't do this. But right. if you are the only dentist in town, uh-huh. it's like, all right, we're doing a root canal. Here we go. Yeah. But that's education is for most teachers, especially when you're elementary, right? I understand that the, the, the education itself is different when they go to college of what it means to be an elementary school teacher versus a secondary t- uh, school teacher. But it's as an elementary teacher is you're essentially the general dentist. It's like, all right, we're going to have yeah. just a base knowledge of here we go. 
We're going to teach these things. And that's the way that it has always been. And for my dad's generation, that's the way all school was, is you just have your freaking teacher. Yeah, your gen- general. Yeah. And it's just, even when you have your science teacher, it's all right, we're going to get- your science teacher is also the football coach. Yeah, just we're going to get you – we have to check the box here. So these are the things we need to learn, uh, read about it, and we'll do it. Because that, because that's what that generation feels education was. Just I didn't learn anything in school. We just got to do this stuff, uh, and then we go work in the steel mill. Correct, because that's what it was built for. Because that's what it was built for, right. right. And now our generation, and for sure subsequent generations, because we are accustomed to specialization, when we ha- we have buying power. So it's if we want to have fill in the blank. We're doing our kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. So it's if we want to do cabinets, we're gonna go. Like, yeah, you can go to Lowe's, but even Lowe's has stopped having Lowe's people install the cabinets. They subcontract out to cabinet builders. Right. They subcontract out to floor specialists, mm-hmm. right? Flooring specialists, people that do this shit all day long. But that's what we do with our buying power. It's just if we're going to get something, we don't have the time to sit and shop around and do all the things. We just need to go to the people. We're going to look at Google reviews. Who's the best at X? And that's who we're calling first. Sure. And that's what we do is we're so used to specialization and we want to get the best bang for our buck at the time. And we are willing to spend more for quality. The Gen Y and Gen Z requires customization. Yes. Period. Yes. And that is where the future of education will go. Yes, because that's the one area, which is education, that has not caught up to that. So instead of being like, wait, so you're not actually learning anything in school. How can we change this? We need to get you to where it's, if you're going to learn about X, because the reality is, and kids are recognizing it too, they can learn more on Google. The biggest joke in the world was like our technology class that we taught by a teacher that got her degree 40 years ago and was teaching the kids how to type. Mm-hmm. That was tech for seventh graders. Mm-hmm. And that is the best example, right, of why was typing taught in schools? To teach you specifically for women, right? To teach you secretarial. Exactly. Bingo. Because as for my mom is that the the boys – it was an optional thing, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to learn how to type. Right. But we're, like I remember my grandpa when we were in Bob, bless Bob's heart, I was in middle school mm-hmm. and it was always like, oh man, you kids, are you how, how many words per minute can you type? I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. yeah. But that's all he cared about because that back the then that's being a lady mm-hmm. typing fast and being able to Hear what the men were talking about and then regurgitate that in a letter is what mattered. Being fluent in shorthand. Yep. All that kind of stuff. And that's why cursive was a thing because it was faster. Yeah. So what's interesting is that we have identified how those things are archaic and outdated. Mm -hmm. And the issue is is that the next generations are calling it out and our generation called it out. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like whatever you're learning right now in this degree is outdated. Yeah. So it's like what the fuck are we doing? Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And that's where it is the craziness of the system that's just like you said, it's not catching up. It hasn't caught up yet. Mm-hmm. Is that the feeling, the reason why you feel like you're fucking not learning anything is because the system is still built for you to be a factory worker. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that we have outsourced what 92% of all of our factory jobs. Mm-hmm. So, 
that is where at the end of the day, school school was built in our system to plug in workers into a system. Right. We had a great typewriting example just there. Mm-hmm. Right. And the whole idea of general education, you need to be able to read so you don't melt yourself mm-hmm. at the Keep steel mill. Yeah. Right. And it's the fact is the reason why it requires customization now is that it was enough to have a system one size fits all. Mm-hmm. The losers are on one side of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. The folks that kick a whole bunch of ass are on the far end of the bell curve. And then most of the people are going to sit right there in the middle and they're going to turn knobs and they're going to work at the steel mill or they're going to work in the coal mine and great. Everyone's going to have jobs. And the reality is those jobs are all gone now. Mm-hmm. And now for you to be able to have a shot at work, you have to have specialty knowledge. You have to have skilled Knowledge, skilled labor, whether it is skilled labor Mm -hmm. or whether it is a specific track, Mm -hmm. whether you want to be an endodontist or all the different – all those things. So that's where it becomes why it's like the future of this thing is going to go full fucking circle Mm -hmm. all the way back to medieval times where you have the blacksmith Mm -hmm. or you have the biologist Mm -hmm. or you have these people that then can bestow that knowledge to capture those kids that are interested. Apprenticeship. But, and then that's what it, it, it is being forced that way no matter what. But mm-hmm. again, my perspective is about the fact that our generation and subsequent generations are now expecting that level of customization. Yes. So again, the dentist example is for anybody old, they get frustrated that they have to go see the endodontist. Anybody that's young that's in the chair and they look at it and it's you're going to need a root canal. It's like, okay, then who's the best endodontist in the area? Yeah. Because if I'm going to pay for this shit. Like there's an expectation that it's I'm referred out mm-hmm. to the person that does this the best. But that is the medieval times thing is you had the dude that was the best blacksmith in the area, right. the best baker, the best ability to take the materials that they have and do that thing with right. because it meant safety for the rest of the tribe, right? Which is just you can't have a bunch of subpar blacksmiths. Like you need to have the dude that is the best at doing this and that's going to be his assigned thing. And he's going to specialize in building the nails because he's really good at building the nails. So he does the nails, Mm -hmm. right? And those are what we use to build the houses for the tribe. And he's going to teach his – and this probably – it was a familial passing down, right? But he's going to teach his sons how to do this. The shoe cobbler is going to teach his son – how to cobble shoes mm-hmm. because that's what he does all day long and his kid's right there. So his kid will learn how to do it and be the best at it. But imagine well. a world of being able to have instead of career count, like it's career day mm-hmm. and college day where you have these big open symposiums where people can come and you can see what colleges are there, what's the entrance look like, mm-hmm. or if you want to be interested in certain jobs or whatever. Imagine if you had that same mentality for High schoolers mm-hmm. for middle schoolers where they now have the ability to come in and they can then just go where they can be introduced to area experts or experts that are not just in, in jobs or fields or whatever, any topic area that you have an actual track that they can go on. And that's what is so goofy is like it's a required course when we were freshmen. It's like you have to take career exploration. Again, there's a textbook 
and they would show videos and it's the most base like there's here's the medical field here's manufacturing here's culinary here's automotive like and it's the most base broad mm-hmm. and which does nothing for anybody and the, and I was telling you this the other day is I can't tell you how many more specifically young girls that if they're in my chair and they're 18, 19, it's like, oh, so what's next? Like, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job. And it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I like yet. And what that means is like, I haven't actually been exposed to anything, so exactly. I can't make a decision. And they will ask me all the time. It's like, well, do you like, like what you do? Cause like, I've thought about this and oh, I think it's just, oh, if you could just come in Right. And have the ability to shadow and see in real time mm-hmm. what I'm doing, what my traditional day is like, and not read out of a textbook or watch a video on like a dental hygienist that you're, you're reading the dictionary definition of what I do, mm-hmm. but that's not what I do. Right. That's what my job title is, but my day-to-day experience is vastly different. Yeah. And that is what kids should have. It was so goofy something was mentioned in our public school system that it's like career paths like kids like henry's going to be able to like choose the career path and like explore that which is is so silly because it's like well he wants to be a superhero so what are we going to do with that but i do think that we should not wait till high school correct yeah, it should be like Jack has very articulated interests. And I'm not saying, okay, he says he's going to be a zoologist. So like everything needs to be zoology, right. but it's, he has articulated interests and how, you know, mind blowing is the concept that it's, oh, well, why don't we just have him have his interests be intertwined into the learning correct we for some reason assume that there needs to be a separation we're just like no math means this exactly reading is okay there's shakespeare we got to teach you and we got to read because these are the books that they say you need to learn and you need to explore these things and it's no it doesn't no if you are interested in being a veterinarian you need to understand how much does the animal weigh yeah how many cc's or milligrams or whatever of medicine that you're going to give and how do you divide that out but because it stays in the topic area of interest now i have an interest in doing long division yes and and it matters and that's what's so silly and my brain always goes back to in the movie a league of their own yeah is one of the girls couldn't read so the madonna character is having teaching her how to read and the girls in the back of the bus because she's reading like soft porn yeah and the girls are like what are you having her read may and she and may goes she's reading it doesn't matter what she's reading that's the point right it's just it's you can tie whatever a kid's interests are Mm -hmm. into all the subject matters and quote unquote check all the boxes that need to be checked from a state mandated perspective and they're learning, but they are actually learning more because it's of interest to them. Correct. They're not just reading Macbeth and then having to take the freaking quizzes about what happened in the book and then they forget about it completely, which right. is what we have continued to do with our current model since the turn of the century, right? That's the model that has existed. And this and this is consistent across all sorts of different areas. Weightlifters. Right. Meatheads mm-hmm. who are going to be lunks and idiots and, and identified as Grunks. yeah Grunks, dumb, right? Yeah. The whole idea. And the fact is, is that 
they can tell you what 93% of their max is. Yeah. They can add up. They can take 45 or 40 and they can tell you how many plates get to 675, 405. 225. Like it's it's the math that's capable of doing because it's all tied to the things that are interested. They can tell you, right, the force of pressure that's then when your arms are extended, your arms are brought into your body. Like there's so many. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about fucking mm-hmm. physics. Yeah. And you're talking about percentages. And you're talking about fractions. And you're talking and you about haven't all- even delved into anatomy and biology. Oh, that goes along the, with ignoring it, yeah. the science that comes with it. Yeah. But yet you have these people that probably were just viewed as total idiots their whole lives in school that have now de- – I mean, dudes that in, could not be any more of the antithesis of a science nerd mm-hmm. that are total fucking science nerds. Yep. Yep. And it just is we and it's, we've missed it, and it's because the system doesn't allow it, and it requires. This is the biggest detriment, mm-hmm. the biggest hurdle that as a society we have that we have to be able to um, get over for this particular thing is you have to have adults that are willing to step up. Yes, and I think that. Um, you're starting to see our generation, because we are the parents now, that are starting to be like, okay, like enough's enough. Right. And again, I think it's the same way that it's going to take, which I said before, is like all the teachers to leave for the system be like, oh, crap. Okay, now we need to change. The kids are doing that for us as parents. Yes. Where the kids are getting to the point where they're so far gone that it's just like we can no longer – blindly just be like okay yeah we know school sucks but like you have to go it's like no this is now we're now at a point where this is detrimental to my kid and i'm starting to see it and so i am willing to step up and make changes that's it and that's i'm willing to do something about it yes and that is the key the same reason why we see right the <laughs> the fucking hippies that are out uh 30 mile 30 minutes from us that have started a forest school concept where it's like once a week, kids come to them mm-hmm. and they nerd out on how to not die in the forest. I love it. I want to do it. Totally. But it's – yeah. And, and so what's hard is it feeds the stereotype. There's there's For homeschooling now, it used to be your religious zealot. Sure. Now it's like, oh, those are like the hippie anti-vaxxers that don't shave their armpits and believe like the flowers will but cure the, their cancer. But but the model works. So the d- reality is, is right now you have folks that want to teach history that everything began at Adam. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was the homeschoolers for a long time. Yeah. Now you have folks that want to be able to teach hands-on learning and science and whatever out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And we're going to teach you about how to be able to rub berries on yourself, mm-hmm. right? But you can do the exact same model for folks that are – and it's happening. We know it happens. We have an amazing vocational program that's here with Valley Votech that's mm-hmm. going to teach you how to be able to do all the fucking things that are in the trades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's – you can take any topic area. And apply that same model. And this is what you see inside the homeschooling world, which is the co-ops and this and that and this and that. The problem is, is that co-ops are always going to be limited. So can you build a system that has enough people that are in an expert expertise that allows maximum growth? And you're really talking about an alternative to schooling completely. Right. And I think for 
our generation and subsequent are starting to recognize that it's there your eyes get opened to what could be. And mm-hmm. again, that's why before when we were homeschooling is I became naively optimistic. And I say naive in the sense that I did not realize the dynamic of what actually being at home with my kids and teaching them was going to do. Because again, the way that I screwed up was I taught the uh, in the classroom model at home, which does right. not work. Right. But it's I became so optimistic about what could be mm-hmm. because your eyes get opened to the possibilities that it's like I was so used to like the constraints of like, well, what do I have to teach? Right. And what and it's just the the answer's literally anything. Yeah, you teach them you, what you know. Teach them what you know. You mm-hmm. teach them what they're interested in. Yes. So if Jack wakes up and is, why is the sky blue? Yep. You can spend the day exploring that concept. Yes. And it's breaking the mindset. Yeah, but it's like, well, what about this and this? What about what about the the English and what about the math? And it's like, literally everything can be tied into that. Right. And it doesn't have to be these defined metrics of like, well, they need to get through lessons uh, A through A, B, and C today and then D. Like the fact that teachers would have to map out their lesson plans for the year is the goofiest thing that I could imagine. Because if if Jack's mind wants to sit on that concept and go down the rabbit hole as deep as he wants to go, that could take five minutes. That could take five weeks. Right. It just depends on where you could go. But that's the beauty of the thing. And I think that so many parents are now getting awoken. It's like, oh, homeschool doesn't mean that I need to dress like the Amish and sure. have my sid- have my kids sit at a table and read out of the Bible all day. Of like course. it's – it can be literally anything that I that I want. Because, because here's the goofiest thing is for most – in most states, like Florida was a fantastic state to homeschool in. And Virginia seems to be good too. It's – you have to have evaluations at the end of the year if you homeschool. Like, and there's this is I'm not going to go into this, but there are there are paths and directions of what it would look like. But you right. need to essentially just show progress yep. of the child. Period. Yeah. And it's so goofy that we assume that the child has progressed in the public school system because it's. Yeah. Here, here, my my third grader is going to start taking the SOLs. I have SOLs that are from Virginia for the SOLs for third grade, and he's not even close to recognizing any of the things on the test quiz or the quizzes and the tests that I have practiced for him. Right. There's nothing. So it's how is she? How has he shown progress? He writes, but he still can't write a paragraph. Right. How is that any better than last year? Last year, when we was at home, is like informational reports. And um, personal story and narratives and creative writing. And like they check all these boxes for a week. Mm-hmm. And it's – there's been no progression of that. As a matter of fact, I would argue there's been a retardation of that because we haven't done it in a year. Right. So that little bit of exploration that he got in that field of informative writing, if I, I told him, Jack, can you write me an inform or informational report right now? He would have no idea what that means. Yeah, because who the fuck talks like that? Right. But that's what's goofy is he – the state mandates are going to say, oh, well, he's progressed. And it's sh- how? How have you – that's such an arbitrary thing. You've yeah. told me he's progressed. Yeah. You went to introducing the topic to where maybe after that week that you you hit hard on that topic, if I said, Jack, write me an informational report, he would know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But then you haven't touched that subject area for over a year. Right. So if I said today, Jack, write me an informational report, he'd have no idea what I was talking about. Right. 
But we we push kids along, right? The lowering of the standards. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so goofy is I think so many people are frightened to homeschool because it's like, well, my kid has to get evaluated and show like proof of progress. And I don't know if I can do that. It's like, I guarantee you, you'll do it better than than the public school system does. Because it would be impossible not to. Right. It would be impossible not to. When you have one teacher with 25 kids, it's impossible for that poor lady to have – pushed any kid in a direction that allows them to progress in the way that they need to as an individual. Yeah, how can you guarantee a child's success? And this is oftentimes right. This is the only advice that it's oftentimes we will give, especially with new parents. But it's just like you just have to show up. Yeah. Don't have sex with your kids. Right? Don't do the basics. You love to go over the specifics but it's most of like things. don't like, rape you them. don't have to. You, like it's that's how basic like show up, try and just don't have like don't just have be sex nice with them to and them. don't leave yeah. them for dead. Like yeah. it just is. If you just show them what you know and just an ounce of and care, just give them attention, they will learn. That's it. Yep. And that's where we've been made to feel. And this is where like I get, I'll get shitty about it because it's teachers are fucking idiots. Well, yeah, it's like the, the, and it's like because, the idea. oh, well, I'm not a teacher. Like it's a power oh, trip. You've mi- you like you're missing it. Yeah, and it's what do you think has existed since before teachers were able to go to college? Who was the teacher since the beginning of time? It's and what always you, been mom and dad. And what have you been doing with your kid before they got to school? Yeah, and that's what's so crazy is is so many parents have been made to feel like they are inept. Exactly, moms are the worst culprits of it because of the mom shaming that exists and because of the vicious cycle of. My, oh God, Jack Jack hit a kid, which means he's a bad kid, which means I obviously don't parent at home. So I'm a bad mom and on and on we go. And so it feeds this inability to feel like you can do anything. And Mm -hmm. for sure, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. My boys tell me all the time how much I screw up in a day. Why did you pack me peanut butter and jelly today, mom? That's not what I wanted. Uh-huh. Or it's your peanut butter and jelly is not good as the school's peanut butter and jelly. I believe that. Or it's why does this kid get to do this and I can't? Right. Or it's you told me that I needed to apologize or I needed to do this and it didn't matter. So you're wrong. Like they tell every day yeah. there's there are lists of, of them reaffirming in my head how I am screwing them up. Sure. But the reality is, is I have the best shot of allowing them and helping them be better than anybody else. I have the most vested interest. I'm around them the most. That's what is so silly is uh, there's a mom that was talking to me about like the schedule that they have with their kids. So they are early to bed people as well. Sure. Um, but for her oldest is I think he's 11, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And um, he takes melatonin at night. Yeah. Which we for sure have given our kids melatonin. Yeah. Especially Henry, because that little bastard. But it's like he had gotten in a habit. And the doctor's like, well, you know, why don't you let him stay up until, you know, 9 o'clock or 9.30 and, like, try to wean him off the melatonin? And I understand the point. And there probably is an element of truth to that. Like, you don't want kids to get accustomed to an artificial – right. Same way that you shouldn't have caffeine every morning just because it's the morning. Right? Um, But – her point is like, I didn't like the way that the doctor spoke to me because it's like, mm, but I, he's tired then. If I let him stay up till 9, 930, he has a hell of a time the next morning. Like it's, I am his mother. I, I do know a little bit about him right. is the way she was saying it. But it's, it's, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And we have demonized that in our society 
that it's gut gut instincts, motherly instincts. But that's what drove me nuts this past year and why it is also fed me digging my heel in and saying enough's enough is because the system took away my ability to be a mom. Yeah. So it's when my kid wakes up and if he's got a runny nose or, you know, it's just, no, he has to stay home. As a matter of fact, you need to go get him COVID tested. And it's, excuse me, I know my son. I know what it looks like when he is getting sick. I know what it looks like when he is pretending to be sick. I know what it looks like during X, Y, and Z because I'm able to take Henry. I'm able to assess, okay, if he's getting a runny nose, what season are we in? Yeah. Is it fall? Is it spring when things are changing? He gets allergies horrifically. Is he coughing a lot more? His asthma gets triggered by these things. Yeah. I have learned that. But they have taken away my ability to be a mom because you don't know. We're doctors. We're nurses. We know. Right. And that shit for sure with teachers is just – it makes the parents feel inadequate, which is so counterintuitive. Yeah. There's not a doubt in my mind that these teachers love their kids. Oh, yeah. And they are – again, we have argued a lot of kids would be better off in a room with 20 other peers and this one teacher than they are at home. Sure. But for so many of us, they feel like, oh, well, I could never do this. Because it's the same thing that drives me, and I get shitty about it, the, oh, well, I can never be a stay-at-home mom. It's like, then why the living hell did you have kids? Well, I can't be home. There, there are way too many people I know that it just pisses me off that they have more than enough money to survive. Yeah. But it's like, well, no, I have to be at work. Like, I can't be at home with my kids. It's, Excuse me? Yeah. It's because you've allowed your kids then to be people that you don't like. Right. And that the, they can be they can be brushed off. Yeah. And that's it's such a silly concept for me. And it, it comes – for me, it comes down to selfishness. And this is – I think it's, we need to close it out. But it's like it's the selfishness of I just don't want to be bothered. Like I want to watch what I want to watch. I want to do what I want to do. I work hard. I do these and things. I also I'm f- tired of these kids. It's absolute selfishness, but it's also fueled by an inadequacy of feeling like I like the the feeling. I think that they really believe it. Of like, I could never be a stay at home mom. Right. Oh and yeah. It's it's you absolutely can. Throughout time, that's what the role would be. You can't unbreak that role once you have a kid. Yeah. So you figure it out, and I think that that is the part that is missing. Is the inadequacy that moms feel specifically. Yeah. It's easier to pretend like they are better off yeah. with other people. And it's this mirror of selfishness that it's just, yeah, I had you because it's what I'm supposed to do, but it's like, I don't actually want to be around you. And yeah. I struggle with that, but build, build your life. Like you can, you don't have to be a stay at home mom or um, homeschooling parents to do the homeschooling thing and this is where we all homeschool you all are with your kids especially most people are on the weekends where the kid's not at school Mm -hmm. and this is where you can easily like stay at home practices or homeschooling practices of like what would it mean to do this with my kids and it's like it's well what do my kids like they like animals so we're going to the zoo today Mm-hmm. So the fact is like it's simple things like that because I guarantee you your kids are going to be more enjoyable to be around when you are engaging with them in their interests. The problem is if you don't ever participate, your kid will isolate themselves more. 
they'll live almost exclusively on electronics and mm-hmm. a tablet, which allows them to have total customized control, which is in one side is good, but the other is it doesn't allow you to participate in their interests. Mm-hmm. And that is how that gap is slowly getting wider and wider and wider between parents and their kids of like, I just don't know my kid anymore. Well, and again, it's the, the Truman Show mentality of being able, like you have to be five steps ahead of them because it's again trying to like manipulate their experiences and show them and introduce them to things that like in in a path that you feel is best for them like again ultimately that's the hardest thing is as much control as i try to have in my life and like in my kids life is they are their own person and ultimately i don't get to decide that's terrifying to me but it's this molding and shaping of their experiences i get to have if i participate in their lives if I outsource them to electronics and to care by others, right. those experiences that I get to shape are non-existent. Mm-hmm. Because if they have complete customization via a tablet to their own likes and interests and experiences, they get to go down rabbit holes that I know nothing about. Yep. And that may be, you know, like we're watching the Ozarks right now. So it may be that the, the, the kid ends up being the 14-year-old that can launder money better than anybody in the world, right? He has right. developed interest and is really good at a thing. Right. But it could also be terrible things. And more than likely – Well, that, that would you, be one of the terrible things. Well, yeah. Right. But Absolutely. like it's – he has interests that you knew nothing about. Right. And he – you could have fostered that in a direction that – Would have been healthier. Healthier, yes. But is if you leave kids to their own devices and you let them – Someone's going to teach them. Yep. That's it. Yep. And most of the times – we've talked about this so much with Michael. It's like, Michael, the reason why we're going to talk to you about blowjobs and talk to you about condoms or talk to you about all the things is because you will learn these things. Mm-hmm. And it's either you're going to learn from us. And we can talk to you about it and keep that line of communication open or you'll learn from porn online or you'll learn from your friends at school. Mm-hmm. And like those are two really horseshit examples. Yeah. And that's – And it doesn't have to be that extreme. No. It can be something as simple as my son loves music. So it's like, okay, well, then we I want to take him to a concert. Well, and that's – and again, we can't get too far in this. I wanted this episode to be – which we never got into, which I'm frustrated about, is oh, the no. idea that you and I kind of in real time we're going to discuss, okay, what does this look like? Like, okay, we've made the decision. We're homeschooling Jack and Henry. Yeah. What does this look like? How are we going to map our schedules to it? Because for sure, I think that this is a component mm. for parents where it's, well, that's what do be, I do? That's going to be ongoing because at this point, like, we got to wait. You know what I mean? Like, I can see us talking about that. No, I know. But that's why I time. said this. This I wanted this to kind of be like a before and after episode which is just we haven't gone into it yet what do we think is going to happen how do we plan because again i'm a planner i'm type a how many paths off the road have i already mapped out with safety nets in between of like if we do this then this happens if we do this then this happens sure and i wanted to kind of play that out because i think for so many parents it's okay yeah like i like this idea like Mm -hmm. i agree with you but it's i i don't have to do this like i don't and and again talking about of what parents feel like it means to homeschool as I think so many people do what I did, which is just like, but I don't want to because it's Saturday. Be like, okay, Timmy, let's sit at the table. Yeah, okay. Like let's learn. Homework. Yeah. Let's learn about, uh, you like animals. So let's read about some tigers. Like nobody wants to do that, but it's, that's not what it is. Right. And it's, it's, it's the more that you delve into homeschool, the more that you learn from other families about what they're doing is exactly. there are no defined metrics 
And for me, again, is I had everything planned out. It was like from 9 to 9.20, we do math. The 9.20 to 9.30 is a potty break and snacks. And then like, because that's how school is. Every minute is readily defined. And it was the antithesis of what homeschool is supposed to be. Said the science kid. Yes. And we have, we delved into that to what that means, but it's, there are no metrics. So the, the transition that we're going to do with our boys that we hope to do with our boys with this program will be somewhat of defined metrics to kind of break them. Yeah. You have, and you have competing methodologies and ideologies on what is the right way to do things. You have the the unschoolers, right? Which is a hard, the public school system was so detrimental. We are going to do the literal opposite of that. Yeah. So you get to sleep in as long as you want. You wake up, we'll feel it out. You want to do something. And like, there are weeks where the child does nothing (laughs) and, but it's purposeful, right? It's, this is unschooling. My brain can't handle that yet. For sure, Jack is going to need some components of breaking down back to the fundamentals because the system has broken him. Mm-hmm. But our guess at this time, and we may be totally wrong, but our guess is that the best transition off the path that he is on is not going from A to Z. Some homeschooling families go from A to Z and it's purposeful right. and it's full of intent and it works. Yeah. We are trying to ease him down the ladder a little bit. So the program that we are going to be doing does have you you will be doing things on your own time, but there is a finite amount of time in which things need to be completed. Sure. He will have some live classes that are at specific times, but that's what is – the beauty of homeschooling is is you, you do get to mold it however you want. Yeah. So especially for Henry is he doesn't need to be in a chair from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. like he is now. Totally. School for his age can be an hour max, and that's not one hour in a chair. That could yeah. be five minutes in a chair – 45 minutes out in the yard, two minutes in the tub. Like it's, it can be learning happens all day long. Exactly. The fact that we have equated it's 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. is again the system preparing you to work in a nine to five. Exactly. Clock in at nine, you clock out at five, you're done. And that is not the way society works anymore. It's not the way it should have worked to begin with. No. And it is breaking kids from their, their generation is going to be fine. They're they're going to be really good at it. It's our generation and above that struggle, which is the idea is nobody – you have a nine to five, mm-hmm. but it's not a nine to five. No. Being connected before – back in the day, the reason you clocked out is because you don't get to take your, your telephone with you home yeah. when you're sitting at your desk. It's I am leaving now. I'm no longer in the office. Goodbye. Yeah, you're not a – But we are so connected. Yeah. We, we People that work a regular job are answering emails 24 hours a day. Yes. They're connected to their clients. They're connected to their customers all, all the time. It's never ending. Yeah. But it's that's that's how school can be. It doesn't and, – and not like the pain points of that yeah. of like, God, school 24 hours a day sounds terrible. That's not what it's supposed to be. Because it's not supposed to be school, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be learning. Like learning. you said, it's and supposed to be education. It's always. It's always happening. And that is where you just need to be able to feel like you can do it. You have the support. And definitely if you're saying like very quickly it's – how we're going to manage that is time. So, so you're guess, not alone yeah. in doing this. I'm setting aside where we know it's I'm going to block out time to where we – because this is now the priority. We're blocking out X amount of time so that you have support so that we can do this together. And we, I think it is worthwhile to do a podcast totally. about that where it's it's like, well, what does that mean? Because that's vague. Yeah. So we, I want to do an episode where it's like – 
again, this is all theoretical. This is what our plan is. We'll see if it works out. Yeah. But it's like, okay, if both the boys get into this program, what specifically that would look like for you during your day, what it would look for me during my day, Mm -hmm. look like for me during my day of like, John wakes up at this time and does these things. And then this is the time that he has blocked out to do this with Henry. And this is the time with Jack and vice versa of going into the specifics. Right. Because I know from, at least for me, that would help me because right now that's vague. And if I was listening to this and if I had any interest in doing, not that we're trying to like entice everybody should homeschool. Right. Right. This is totally our experience. But if there's anybody listening that's like, mm, yeah, I, I can see the benefit of these things, but I have no idea the tangible, right? The crunchy part of what that would mean. Mm-hmm. It would be breaking it down specifically within our schedule of how we plan to manage this adventure we're about to go on. Lastly, wherever you listen to our podcast episodes, we ask you to subscribe and leave us a review. This helps you get alerts when we drop a new episode. It also helps others find the podcast when they search for us. It'll only take you a minute or two, and we sure get excited when we see some love that comes our way. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you joining us for today's episode. Till next time.